Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Um, Happy Easter, everybody. Oh, it's so good to have you here, and I'm really sorry if you've had to squish in, like, next to, like, people you don't know. You've probably made friends with them already. Uh, uh, I know you guys are having a good time in the balcony, in the Royal Box, in the Republican Box. Joke, joke, joke. It's, it's good to have you here. And a particular welcome if you're here for the first time. And we have hundreds of people watching online as well. Um, and what, I, what we always do is make them feel bad that they're not here. So what I want you to do is, on the count of three, make as much noise as you can, and the cameras are going to wave around the room, and if I want you to wave, and everyone watching at home is going to be like, I should have got up early and got to Hackney for church, right? Okay, you ready? One, two, three. We call, we call that holy FOMO, you know, it's missing out in Jesus' name. We're really pleased you're here. If we've not had a chance to meet yet, I'm really sorry. Um, My name is Al. I'm the rector of Saint. And before I became a vicar in the Church of England, I had a failed career in the film industry. Yeah. Some of you thinking it's not hard to believe. I used to work for a talent agency. And one of the jobs I had for the talent agency was looking after actors and, and writers and directors. And my responsibility, I was the most junior person in the office, was to look out for the clients who came through the doors of the talent agency. And we would have some really famous people show up unannounced at work sometimes. And usually if you're a big deal, some of you are a big deal in this room, I know that. If you're a big deal, people know you're coming, right? You know, you have like an entourage, maybe there's like a limo that pulls up and the paparazzi are ready. And I would wait and I would welcome them if they came through the door, if they were a big deal, and I'd look after them and say, hey, it's great you're here, welcome, can I get you a coffee, tea, green tea, maca green tea, whatever it was. But we also had lots of what I would call wannabes turn up. And they were people who were like wanted to be famous. And they would turn up and they'd ring the buzzer of the agency and they'd walk through the door and they'd say, we're delivering something to reception. They'd turn up reception and they looked amazing. They'd be like, hi, I'm here because I'm going to be a star. I'd be like, oh, it's nine o'clock on a Monday morning. And they'd be like, can I just take one minute of your life to sing you my song? And you'd be like, no, please. Let me take your CV, your show reel the large bunch of flowers you've brought us. Um, but l- listen, God bless you, l- it's not the moment. Because to be honest with you, we had thousands of people turn up all the time with their CVs wanting us to make them a star. And we couldn't help. One particular morning, it was a Monday morning, and I got into work a little bit earlier than normal, and I'd sat down to clear my inbox And I was walking from my desk to the coffee station around the back of the reception area in the office. And I noticed this woman walk through the door. And she looked like everyone else does. She was wearing like this raincoat, this tracksuit. She was clutching like a pile of like CVs. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be awkward. And I said, hi. And she was like, oh, hey. I've just come to drop some stuff off. I was like, listen, thank you so much. You know, why don't you grab a seat? Someone will be with you in a moment. Maybe the receptionist will be able to sort you out. Or you could leave your CVs and and head home. I thought, she's 
gotta be a wannabe, right? Monday morning, didn't ring ahead, no entourage. And so I go back to my desk, and my desk is down the end of the office, and I could see the front door and the reception. And I watched as this woman sits there on the sofa in reception, and she's looking at me. And I'm like, why is that woman still here and staring at me on a Monday morning? What have I done? What's going on? And she's staring at me for a full 20 minutes. And then I get a phone call from reception. And they said to me, Al. And they were whispering. They're like, Al, Al, what have you done? Do you know who you've left sitting in reception? I need you to understand something, that young people, you are going to not be able to relate. In fact, if you're under the age of, I don't know what, like 30, this is going to mean nothing to you. But I want to rewind to a time before the internet. Does anyone remember that? Was anyone alive before the internet? You don't need a praise wave. It's just like, you remember the time before the internet. It was a time before, well, it was before Instagram. It was when TikTok was a clock. That's for my kids. So in those days, there was a super category of celebrity. In fact, they were the most famous people in the world. You couldn't go to work without passing them on a billboard. You couldn't buy a magazine without seeing their faces on the cover. They were called supermodels. Does anybody remember the supermodels? There was like four or five at any one time. There was like Naomi Campbell. You remember Naomi Campbell? Woo! There was like Cindy Crawford. Any Cindy Crawford fans? There was like Claudia Schiffer. Do you remember her? Woo! And young people under the age of 30 have no idea what we're talking about right now, okay? But these supermodels were bigger than like, I don't know, like all the influences in the world put together. They were so huge. You wouldn't be able to buy a product without their face being on the marketing. And so the receptionist says to me, ow, ow. I knew something was wrong. She's like, do you know who you've left sitting in reception? I was like, I've no idea. I know there's a lady. She keeps looking at me. She's a bit crazy. It's Monday morning. She wants to drop off her CV or whatever she's got with her. Who, what, do you, do you know who she is? And I'm like, no idea. And she says to me, it's one of the supermodels. It's Claudia Schiffer. And I'm like, the Claudia Schiffer. Like one of the three most famous people in the world. She's like, yes. Get over here right now. So I walk over trying not to run. I'm like, like this through the, the office. I'm like, Claudia, so nice to see you. We had no idea you were coming in. It's great that you're here. Oh, let me take that. You've waited 20 minutes. I am so sorry. Now, what you need to understand is that despite her being the client of our agency, Despite her being probably one of the most famous faces in the world, despite Claudia Schiffer holding to this day the Guinness World Record for appearing on the most number of magazine covers, I didn't recognize her. And I'll tell you something for free as well. I'm slightly embarrassed to say this, but when I was growing up as a teenager, 
I had her poster on my bedroom wall. Next to the guy, the topless guy with the baby. Did you ever have that poster? Is that just me? Claudia was there in my room when I grew up as a teenager. And yet I didn't recognize her. She's sitting on the sofa in our reception. Here's the thing. I was not looking for her. I was not expecting her. And when she walked in the room, I did not see her. I wonder if for us, sometimes the story of Easter can be a little bit like that. Maybe you know all about Jesus. Maybe you've grown up knowing the story. Maybe you've seen his face in a thousand paintings. Maybe you had his poster on the wall of your bedroom growing up, but if you're honest, maybe he's still a bit of a mystery to you this morning. I mean, would you recognize him if you walked into your reception at work on Tuesday morning or you walked past him on the way to the overground station? That first Easter morning, two disciples, clear pass, and probably Mary, his wife, were walking the two-hour journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. But rather than taking them two hours, it was only seven miles, you can do the maths, it had taken them all day. Why? Because probably they were in a mess. They'd stopped over and over again. Maybe they'd gone round in circles. They couldn't make sense of what had happened that weekend. Their hero, their pinup, their Lord had been crucified, had died on Friday. And verse 17 of Luke chapter four, uh, 24 records this. They stood still and their faces were downcast. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe your life is standing still. And maybe behind all the Easter fun, you feel downcast within you. Maybe you're struggling today. And here's what happens. Jesus appears alongside them. And he walks with them. And he talks with them. But in verse 16, we learn they were kept from recognizing him. And they walk for a couple of hours, perhaps, and then they talk about all the big questions of life. And Jesus, even though they don't know who he is, leads them through all the story from the beginning of the Bible to the end of what was happening right then. And he explains to them what was going to happen. It was like a personal alpha course, their chance to talk about the big questions they have. And even though they don't recognize him, they know something is going on in their hearts because we hear in verse 32 that we're not our hearts burning within us, they say. We're not our hearts burning within us. You know, I wonder if you're here today and maybe you're not looking for him. Maybe you've come for a baptism. Maybe you've come because it's Easter day. Maybe you've come for the Easter egg hunt and you ended up following the hippo into church of all the things to do on a Sunday. But maybe you're here and you weren't particularly looking for him. Maybe you're not expecting him. 
But here's the truth. Jesus doesn't force himself into your life. He says this in Revelation 20, uh, verse um, 20 of chapter 3. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And so these two people are walking on the road and they, they have this stranger come alongside them and, and they start to, to think something's going on inside of us. We need more of this. There's a, a, a melody of hope rising in our hearts. And so he says to them, Cleopas says, come, come and stay with us. He says, stop, don't leave, stay with us. They, in fact, they says in, in Luke's gospel, they urged him strongly to stay. And Jesus is invited in and he comes and he shares a meal with them. He takes bread and he gives thanks and he breaks it and he gives it to them. And this is the moment. As he takes the bread and he breaks it, something happens that has impacted human history in such a profound way that here we are in Hackney in 2022, we're still talking about it. Jesus takes the bread, he blesses it, he gives thanks to God and he breaks it and something happens. Maybe they'd been there when he'd taken bread and he'd blessed it and he'd broken it and he'd given it out and he fed 5,000 people that day on the hillside. Maybe they'd been there when Jesus gathered his closest friends and said, here, this is my body given for you, takes bread and breaks it at the Last Supper. Maybe in that moment when he takes the bread and he lifts up his hands to heaven and blesses it, they notice that these are not ordinary hands anymore, that they have the nail marks of the cross in them and in that moment they realize that it's Jesus he is not dead he is alive you see God sometimes comes as a stranger into the darkest journeys of our lives and walks alongside us until we invite him in and then in that moment he takes our lives he blesses them lifts up his hands and shows us that we're loved, we're forgiven, we're freed. And then we see suddenly who he is. You know, there are two meals in the Bible that really matter. The first is a meal that leads to death. And the second is a meal that leads to life. You know, I wonder if you're about to have a meal today. Anyone going for lunch today? Anyone not going for lunch today? You want to hang out with these guys, all right? But when we get together and we eat food together, something happens. I want to tell you quickly about two meals in the Bible. The first meal is a meal that leads to death. It's the first meal in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. Right at the start of the story, God says to Adam and Eve, hey listen, you're free, you're loved, go for it, enjoy, but don't eat that fruit. 
and they rebel against God and they have a meal that's forbidden and the result of that meal is separation with God, it's death, it's sin. And the consequences of that meal have meant separation from God. They can't see him face to face. God walks in the cool of the garden that day and he says, where are you, Adam, Eve? That's the first meal. But I wanna tell you about a second meal in the Bible. And it's a meal in a little village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem with two lost people walking on the road. And in that moment, Jesus comes and he comes to a couple just like Adam and Eve who are lost and walking in the cool of the day and he comes alongside them and he takes bread and he breaks it and he gives it to them. And that second meal reverses all the pain and the conflict and the destruction of the first meal. It's the only second meal that really changes everything. And it's a meal that leads to life. You see, Jesus is the bread of life. He broke his body on a cross for you. He's died so that you might not need to die eternally. He's risen from the grave so that you and I might experience life right now. The long curse is broken. I wonder if there's someone here who needs to hear this today. Maybe you've been dragged along the church for a baptism or an Easter egg hunt. Maybe you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've sung the songs. Maybe you had his poster on your wall. But the truth is, maybe you've never invited him to stay in your heart. Maybe you've never met him face to face. Maybe the long night has mean, meant that it's been a long journey, a long road, and your heart has felt heavy. Well, today, Jesus is knocking at the door of your life. And wherever you are watching us, in the balcony, at the back, online, we're gonna do two things in a moment. The first thing is something that every single one of us, from the oldest to the youngest, is invited to do. That's to receive bread and wine together. That first meal, undone by that second meal that we began at Emmaus that we're still sharing today. Jesus offering himself to us. Jesus is here, he's risen from the dead, he is alive. You may not be able to see him with your eyes. He may not be what you're expecting this morning, but he's here, just as he was in Emmaus on that first Easter morning. That's the first thing we're gonna do is to share bread together. The second thing we're gonna do, I'm gonna invite you to do before we come to communion. And that's to give you a moment to invite him into your heart. To say as Cleopas and Mary said, to urge him strongly to stay with you. And I'm gonna pray a, a simple prayer that I'd love to encourage you to echo in your heart. Every one of us can pray this this morning. It's simply to say, come. And it goes like this. Sorry, thank you, please. Wherever you come from today, whatever your background, whatever you're carrying in your heart, let me encourage you to pray this. Because there are not many times when Jesus knocks on the door of our hearts. And if we close that door, we never know when we're gonna have a chance to open it again. So right now, let me encourage you to pray sorry. Sorry for all the things 
I've done wrong. Thank you. Thank you that you're here, that you love me, that you died on a cross. And please, please would you come in and stay with me. So we're going to pray that. Why don't we close our eyes wherever we are in the room. If you're at the back in the balcony, just take a moment to close your eyes and be still with God. Come, Holy Spirit. And just echo this prayer in your heart. Sorry. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for all the things I've done wrong. And if anything comes to mind, just lift it up to God right now. Thank you. Thank you that you died for me, that I'm forgiven, that you rose for me, that I'm free. Please, please would you come and fill my life. Stay with me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's keep our eyes closed for just a moment, please. And wherever you are, I would love to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I would count it a privilege to pray for you from, from where I am here right now. What I'd love you to do in a moment is to raise a hand so I know who I'm praying for. But on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer today, either for the first time or inviting Jesus back into your life this Easter 2022, I'd love you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Go for it. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Yeah, I see you. Thank you in the balcony. Yeah. Let me pray for you. You can put your hand down now. And let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that when we respond to your love, that you open the champagne in heaven, that right now you are celebrating, that every heart turns to you, experiences your freedom and your grace, that we are forgiven and made new. And thank you that you are alive. And let's pray for everyone who's responded today to your love, that you would fill them with your peace and your joy this Easter. In Jesus' name, why don't we congratulate those who made a decision to follow Jesus today. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.